disobedience received a just retribution. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard him. While God also bore witnesses by signs and wonders and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his own will. For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere. What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou carest for him? Thou didst make him for a little while lower than the angels. Thou hast crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. As it is, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. But we see Jesus, who for a little while was made lower than the angels, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect. and could not be healed by anyone came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment and immediately her flow of blood ceased and Jesus said who was it that touched me when all denied it Peter said master the multitudes surround you and press upon you but Jesus said someone touched me for I perceive that power has gone forth from me 
And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, a man from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear, only believe, and she will be well. And when he came to the house, he permitted no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and bewailing her. But he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, she got up at once, and he directed that something should be given her to eat. And her parents were amazed. But he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Glory to Tidings and to all the people and to your spirit. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we commemorate the archangels Michael and Gabriel and the other archangels and all of the bodiless powers of heaven. And we have no idea exactly how many they are. They are described as thousands and tens of thousands and myriad upon myriad. I'm not sure what a myriad means, but it means a lot. And yet, who among us has seen an angel? We don't know. Okay, but we know that they are pure spirit, that they are usually invisible to us, and so it is definitely not an everyday occurrence, even though they have appeared to us in time, over time, in salvation history, in ways that we could apprehend. And some people didn't even know that they were entertaining an angel. The title of the feast day is Synaxis which means in Greek that we are gathering all of the memories that we have of the archangels and all of the bodiless powers, and we are commemorating and celebrating them all at once. And there are synaxes of different saints. For example, our own patron saint has the feast of his synaxes on January 7th. And so we remember the totality of his life and all he did on that day, even though there are individual commemorations for, for example, his conception, his nativity, his beheading, his finding of his, the first finding of his head, the second finding, the third finding, etc. 
So when we say that we chiefly remember Archangels Michael and Gabriel, it's because these two, more than any of the other Archangels, leaders of the angels, we see in salvation history in a clear way. And when we talk about the archangels, we're not talking about the order of archangels, which is lower. We're talking about the chief among all of the bodiless powers. And their names, as I mentioned, are Michael and Gabriel, Raphael, Uriel, Selathiel, Jehadiel, Barakiel, and Jeremiel. Eight of them. And we know that the feast day that we commemorate today on November 8th was established in the 4th century. And at the Council of Laodicea, which took place just before the First Ecumenical Council, it was determined that angels were not to be worshipped, for they are creatures created. But they are to be venerated along with the saints. It was also established that uh, the ancient belief was that the world was created in the month of March. And so they took the month of March and they went nine months after that because there are nine orders of the bodiless powers. And they chose the eighth day, so the ninth month after March is November, and they chose the eighth day... Because the eighth day is symbolic of the second coming of our Lord. When time as we know it ends, the world as we know it is over and the new world is established. The kingdom of heaven has come and judgment has come. And we know that when Christ returns at His second coming, He will come with all of the angels. All of the bodiless powers. Then we shall see what myriad upon myriad and thousands and tens of thousands means. And so they chose the ninth month after March, which was believed to be the creation of the world, and the eighth day, because we know that all of the bodiless powers will come with the Lord at the end. We know that the ranks of the heavenly powers are all still called angels. Father John last night at Vespers says, well, we call Michael and Gabriel archangels. But in Scripture, sometimes they're referred to just as an angel. And that's true of all of them, no matter what their role and no matter what their rank. But they're also specifically ascribed to categories. And their name and their position is according to their virtue, according to their proximity to the throne of God, and according to the role that they play or the service that they render, both to God and to us. And there are three hierarchies. The highest, which has three ranks. The middle, which has three ranks. And the lowest, which has three ranks. And I'm going to go through all of these because sometimes in a sermon we need to be taught, not preached to. And so today you are being taught. So the highest hierarchy includes the seraphim, the cherubim, and the thrones. And the six-winged seraphim 
They stand closest of all the bodiless powers to the throne of God, to the Holy Trinity. And they blaze with fire and flame with love for God. And their role is to kindle that fiery love in the hearts of us towards God. The next rank Standing just further away from the throne of God, from the seraphim, are the many-eyed cherubim. And they stand before the Lord after the seraphim, and they are radiant with light of the knowledge of God, and the knowledge of the mysteries of God. And so through them, wisdom is poured forth into people's minds and enlightening them, so that they may know God and behold His glory. So if you want further enlightenment... Ask for the intercessions of the cherubim. Coming after the cherubim in that highest hierarchy are the thrones. They mysteriously and incomprehensibly bear God through the grace given to them for their service. This is true of all of the ranks. With the reason we say that the seraphim are the highest in glory next to the leaders of the bodiless powers is because otherwise they would not be able to stand so close to the throne of God. They would not be able to bear to that fullest extent the grace and glory of God Himself. So they have been given even more grace or more virtue to be able to bear that close proximity to God. So the thrones are ministers of God's justice. They deal with earthly tribunals and kings. They give leaders the capacity for righteous judgment. The, third, the middle hierarchy of the bodiless powers consists of the dominions, the powers, and authorities. The dominions hold dominion over the angels that are subject to them, so all of the other angelic powers below them. They instruct earthly authorities established by God to rule wisely, to govern their lands well. The dominions teach us to, to subdue sinful impulses, to subject the flesh to the spirit, to master our will, to conquer temptation, to exercise self-control. Below the dominions are the powers. They obediently fulfill the will of God without hesitation. They give grace of wonder-working and clairvoyance to the saints. They assist people in fulfilling obediences. They encourage them to be patient and they give them spiritual strength and fortitude to stay in the fight. Below them, in the middle hierarchy, are the authorities. And they have authority over the devil and his demons. They protect people from demonic temptations. They prevent the demons from harming people as they would wish. They also uphold and support the ascetics those who are dedicating their life to efforts of fasting and prayer and self-denial. They guard them and they help people in their struggle with evil thoughts. So how many of us struggle with thoughts? Ask for the intercessions of the authorities. So that brings us to the third and lowest hierarchy of the bodiless powers. And in this category there are the principalities the archangels, and the angels. The principalities have command over both the archangels and the angels. 
But keep in mind, we're not confusing these archangels with Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, and the others, but a whole category and rank of angels. They instruct the angels below them in how to fulfill God's commands. They watch over the world and protect lands and nations and peoples. The principalities instruct people to render proper honor to those in authority as befits their station. The archangels are below the principalities. They are messengers of great and wondrous tidings. They reveal prophecies and the mysteries of the faith. They enlighten people to know and understand the will of God. They help the people to spread faith in God and illuminate their minds with the light of the Holy Gospel. So when you're about to read the scriptures, ask for the intercessions of the holy archangels. And then we come to the lowest rank of angels, the ones that are furthest from the throne of God, but the closest to us, the angels. They reveal the lesser mysteries of God and His will. They guide people to the virtuous and holy life. They support those who are trying to be steadfast in their faith and life. And they lift up and support those who have fallen. When it says that the angels rejoice over the repentance of one sinner, this is what is meant. They never abandon us. They are always prepared to help us. They are our servants in our journey towards God. Now, over all these nine ranks are the leaders of the bodiless powers. And the chief among them is Michael, who we have here on the north side of the Iconostasis. His name in Hebrew means, who is like unto God. He is the highest of all of the bodiless powers, the most faithful servant of God, called the chief commander. He is the one that cast down the proud Lucifer, Satan, when he rebelled. And he cast out all of the demons, the angels who fell with Lucifer. As a matter of fact, in the heavens during that time when the rebellion took place, before the creation of the earth, it was Archangel Michael who said, Let us attend, let us stand well. Let us stand right before our Creator and not consider doing anything that is displeasing to God. We say these very words, at least some of them, during the Divine Liturgy. According to the church tradition, and you heard about it last night at Vespers, Archangel Michael was very active in the Old Testament times. Many events during the Old Testament. He was there during the Exodus. He helped the Israelites as they were traveling through the wilderness of Sinai. A pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. It was he who helped annihilate the Egyptians in the Red Sea. It was he who defended Israel time and time again. He appeared to to Joshua the son of Nun and revealed the will of the Lord in the taking of Jericho. He was the one who was there to help protect the three youths in the fiery furnace. He was also the one that contended with the evil one over the body of Moses. And he was the one who transported the prophet Habakkuk 
from Judea to Babylon to give food to Daniel in the lion's den. We invoke the Archangel Michael for protection from invasion by enemies, from civil war, from the defeat of adversaries on the field of spiritual battle. Some of the petitions that we read during the Artoclasia, we are actually praying to God, but through the intercessions of Archangel Michael. Gabriel also is commemorated by name today because Gabriel, second in command to Michael, is the one who par excellence has been the messenger of the good news of salvation, coming to the Holy Theotokos, coming to her betrothed Joseph, announcing the good tidings of what was to come in the incarnation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Each person at their baptism during the making of the catechumen is given a guardian angel. You remember the words maybe, and yoke to their life a radiant angel. Next time you hear the making of the catechumen service or you come to a baptism which includes that, listen for that. Because every time I read that or have another priest read that over the candidate, I think of these angels coming to this person, being yoked to them, guiding them, defending them, illuminating them, helping them up, encouraging them, strengthening them, and guiding them along the path of salvation. Every nation also receives a guardian angel. Every church that is consecrated receives a guardian angel. So the common denominator, my dear brothers and sisters, in all that I have shared with you, is that every rank of bodiless power and every angel, meaning all of them, are there to serve God and to serve us in our salvation. You are never, ever alone. You may not see the myriad upon myriad and the thousands upon thousands and ten thousands of bodiless powers who are waging unseen warfare on your behalf. But never ever think that you are alone. It's not just that we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses of saints, but we are also surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses and helpers and servants and soldiers in the Christian struggle when we think of the bodiless powers. So all of you who have the name Michael, or Gabriel in any form, or Raphael, or Uriel, I don't think anybody's named after the other archangels, but Angelos for angel, and all the other derivatives of the bodiless powers, may God grant you many, many years, and may they continue to protect us, and may we in our own spiritual life imitate them, in their devotion to God and their devotion to one another in obedience to whatever the will of God is unto our salvation. Amen.